1: The Brothers, for you and I to live for the kingdom of God, it's going to require a, a perspective shift, a new way of thinking, a new mindset.
0: What in the world would it mean to pray, Thy kingdom come?
2: Seek first the kingdom of God. Know that your home is in heaven and live as if that's your goal. What we've done in the past simply can't be done
1: anymore that we lived our life in a certain manner because it was basically a Christian world, a Christian culture that we're living in. That time, those times are over. It's not
2: enough to be a believer, it's not. You, it is not sufficient for you just to believe and that's it, you cannot be a believer. Being a believer leads to being a follower.
1: Instead of all these things we're worried about that consume our thoughts and our minds, instead of using your mental energy on that, instead, seek his kingdom.
2: What in the world would it mean to pray
1: my kingdom come. Well, hello, friends, and of Kingdom Culture Conversations. It's good to have you for week two of our Throwback Thursdays. Mr. G here with Mr. Brown.
2: Yeah, welcome.
1: Um, it is May twenty-sixth, a very important date at Northwest Christian School. It is
2: tonight at Grand Canyon University Arena. Yeah. Uh, our seniors have commencement,
1: including one, Joe Gardner. Joe Gardner, that's son. right. I'll, I'll be there. I will be there. I hope yeah. so. I yeah. will be there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, really excited about that. Obviously, but it, it's just a blur. Yeah, I bet it's a blur, and you know that. You know, just having your son's wedding a, a couple months ago, and yeah, and I've got um, a
2: daughter that's one year away from graduation. Seems Desti, Desti Lou, yeah,
1: um, is going to graduate next year. Um, we, we said it last week. We're going to say it again. The church is important. Um, the local church is important, and. We have so many great churches. How many churches, Mr. Brown, are represented? This year, School? So
2: this year is is the twenty one twenty two school year. We have a hundred and ninety two different churches. That's so great in some form or another that students are involved in as as students. And and if you stop and think about it, gee, even beyond that, that's on the ground. Yeah. So the online students and then the framework students. Yeah. I get excited when I think about the number of churches that, in some form, we get a support.
1: Well, we've gotten to meet so many great pastors and youth pastors and just people that work in these churches. It's been awesome. This church is is no different. It Um, is.
2: Calvary Phoenix is who we're featuring today, and we're going to feature a couple—actually, the the two teachers that you'll hear from today, Debbie Nolan and and Pauline Henry— Formerly McKinney. McKinney, Yeah. yeah, are both retired at this point. Yeah. Uh, Debbie Debbie taught for for years in first grade, she and then Pauline was primarily third third grade, grade is what my son had her for. A yeah. couple of fantastic teachers, yeah. uh, but they they are and have been. Well, actually, Pauline moved north. I think she's up in Prescott. I believe yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. But uh, both very much involved in. Calvary Phoenix. It's and a great church. Great church. And you um, told the story a, a couple weeks ago, G. I did. About your fir- Can you tell that story again? My first date. Yeah. Uh, my first With date, I, I
1: call up this young lady and just said, hey, babe, you want to go to church? <laughs> and uh, it wasn't quite like that. It was probably a little more nerve wracking. But uh, we went to Calvary Phoenix on a Wednesday night and uh, and went to get some frozen yogurt at Hoagie Yogi. Hoagie Yogi. There Hoagie. on 19th Avenue in Northern. And uh, 23 years later... Um, it's been a great life. Joe so, Gardner's graduating. Joe Gardner's graduating. <laughs> but I love Calgary Phoenix, Mr. Brown. Yeah. Um, Zach Papuga, a graduate, is one of the associate pastors over there. Yeah. Um, Devon Cunningham and Ellie Cunningham are, are chapel speakers we bring in. And um, Jason Feaser was our, uh, our uh, um, camp speaker a few years ago. And he runs a great college ministry over there called Community.
2: Well, and you're going to hear today from Pastor Mark Martin, and he is when when you talk about somebody a student of the Word, yeah, and somebody that really approaches Scripture in such a respectful manner as to go through it verse by verse by verse, yeah. He is that guy. He does a yeah. tremendous job rightly dividing God's Word,
1: and he's only been doing it for 40 years. They yeah. celebrate 40 years this year in Calvary Phoenix since he left the Seventh Day Adventist and. And started Calvary Phoenix.
2: So if you're not invested in a church, and again, that's the whole point of what we're trying to do with these throwback Thursdays this summer, is if you're recognizing this summer that your family is maybe not involved in a local church or maybe not as involved as as you'd like to be or should be, uh, take this as an invitation to to hear this summer, every Thursday, from some wonderful churches. And boy, Calvary Phoenix is no exception. Fantastic church. Enjoy this.
3: Enjoy. Hello, everyone. We are at Calvary today for our summer reading program with Pastor Mark and Pauline Henry. We're excited to be here and share with you why we love our church.
0: Absolutely. I think the church is the foundation of family, Christian families, and We were talking earlier about how important it is for uh, Christian families to make uh, church a priority in their lives. And and we were saying, you know, 50% of your kids didn't go to church this week. And it's so important for uh, Christian formation in the church.
3: And I'd just like to say thank you so much because You're so faithful in expositorily bringing us the Word of God. And even yesterday, you were talking about Nehemiah and not just rebuilding the wall, but rebuilding lives. And you're talking about how we need to get in the Word and we need each other so that we can rebuild our lives. And there's no way that we can do that if we're not in church. So thank you so much for bringing us the Word faithfully You've blessed my family. We've been able to be here for 18 years.
0: Oh, wow. And
3: 15 of those years, I've been blessed to be on the worship team with some of that time with Pauline. And just love, love, love serving here. You know, I feel like, kind of like if we're a sponge and we're always giving out, we need to be getting in. So you're always saying, you've got to find a church where you fit and where you're fed and you have fellowship. What's the fourth one? Besides fun, Uh,
0: where you can be fruitful. fruitful. Where you
3: can be fruitful. And I think that's so true that if we get involved, we're not just fed, we're not just fat cats, but then we have something in that sponge Mm -hmm. to be pouring out onto others and even our kids. Our kids need the Word of God.
0: Well, I always say that the Word of God does the work of God. And yet, you know, get into the Word, but how do you get into the Word? And so I suggest, you know, one simple way is to just decide, I'm going to start reading a psalm a day. And so for every day of the week, you can read a psalm. I know last, uh, the night before last, on uh, the 5th, I was reading Psalm 5. And you can read 30 later, and you can, you know, go to the next uh, 30 days later. You could read another if you want to read two. But in three months, is my math right? Four months? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you'll be reading through the entire book of Psalms, and it's just a go-to, and then I read a chapter of Proverbs every day, so that, that just gets me in the Word, that's kind of a place to start, and you can be in the Word every single day, and you have a place to go to, because people say, where do I start? And the Psalms are really uh, keeping our hearts right with God. Uh, Proverbs is keeping my heart right with people. And uh, so I start here and I find that a real blessing, uh, big time.
4: One of my favorite things about teaching in a Christian school and going to a wonderful church is often when you teach something, I'm then the next week teaching the same things. And so it's neat how God weaves himself into our school from our church. One of, one of the um, things that I love about Calvary is the teaching as well, and Calvary, you teach verse by verse through the Bible, but my favorite part is when you take the different books and just how they weave together as one amazing true story, and I love how you bring historical and cultural pieces
3: to it, bringing the characters alive, that's special. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're relatable. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not pretentious at all. And um, you make us laugh. And you tell us things that make us realize that, hey, we're all in this together. And we all make mistakes. And we all have families that have had problems. And the Lord gets us through. And you just bring that to our hearts. Yeah, you know,
0: when we talk about youth, and I know, you know, there's so many uh, students that you represent. How many students are there at the at school? It's huge. About
4: um, 1,200. That is amazing. It's, a, it's an estimate. But.
0: Yeah, that is so great. But when we're talking about, um, you know, kids, youth, I know, we have like 200 here, uh, high school, you know, students in our high school ministry. They need to be uh, able to relate to the scripture. And we're kind of the uh, the first thing they see. I mean, we want them to read the Bible, but we reflect the Scripture, actually. Mm-hmm. And if we are transparent and we are, you know, like people say, real, uh, then the kids are able to relate to the Scripture. If they think that we're perfect, they are going to think they have to be perfect, mm-hmm. but instead, you know, we have a gracious Savior, we model that, we have a loving, forgiving, Savior. And when when a kid sees that, that's a Jesus that is so attractive, a Jesus that draws them. And if they blow it, and everybody does, uh, sometimes they're more transparent about that, or they get caught, and we don't. Then to know that they have a forgiving, loving Savior is so mm-hmm. important. And that's why, you know, at Calvary, I've experienced God's grace. You have. So how can we not just offer that grace to other people? So... God's grace is what it's all about.
3: And I know this summer we're studying through the Psalms, and so one of the Psalms that blesses my heart, although I love them all, is Psalm 34. And this kind of relates to that, Pastor Mark, because at the very beginning, in the New Living Translation, it says, I will praise the Lord no matter what. And I think that's so true in our lives. There's a lot of things that happen. Life happens, and it's always messy. But with God, we get through it all, and it's good for our kids to grow up in the Word so that they know how oh, praise the Lord no matter what. And one of the reasons why I love leading worship here so much is that um, people who know me know that you know, my husband's been, been ill and that um, we had to come off the mission field because of a real serious illness, and yet God brought us through that. He's been healed and has a ministry here and I can lead worship knowing that I'm praising an awesome God and people know that testimony and so that and then the fact that in Psalm 34 and um, uh, verse 11 says sons and daughters come and listen to me and let me teach you the importance of trusting and learning Mm -hmm. about the Lord and I think that's such a blessing that we can be filled We can be fed. We can come to church. And our school is not, it is not church. We are not parents. We're gonna come alongside of you. And if we think of a cord and we think of three uh, cords in the rope, you just think about the fact that the family is strong and they're going to church, and then they're coming to Christian school. We think about braiding those three cords, how much stronger it is for our kids if they have Mm. the Word in them in all these places. And I know for us as a family with our five kids, they would see us living out our walk. They'll remember their dad for the rest of their lives on his knees with the Word open first thing in the morning, down the little step up. They'll remember mom with her Bible open at the kitchen table. They'll remember those things, and then they have that heritage, right? But being in the Word of God has got to be coming from our family. It's got to be coming from our church so that we're completely fed, that we're having fellowship, Mm -hmm. that we're encouraging each other. And um, I just feel like uh, this psalm is important because of that to me so psalm 139 debbie
4: is is a favorite psalm of mine and the reason i think it's uh, the reason it is my favorite is because it clearly lets us know how intimately acquainted our god is with us that he is creator of us that he knows us intimately he knows when we sit when we stand and as a as a Christian school teacher and as a pastor, I know it's important to you that we understand how loved we are and who created us. And to instill that in my students that they need to know that they were created by God and for Him and that He knows Everything about them better than their parents, better than anyone. I want my students to know that. And so Psalm one thirty nine is often a psalm that we try to memorize, um, my students and I. So
0: that's a big undertaking because it's a pretty it's long song. We go through eighteen. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> which is still very. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I uh, we were supposed to choose psalms that we wanted to share. And the one that I really uh, wanted this year, it was just right off the, the top of my head, and I knew, was Psalm 139 as well. So earlier we were talking about the psalm, I thought, well, this must be the Lord. He wants us to, to look at this. And I see as, as Psalm 139 as God really telling us that uh, we may say, where are you, God? Uh, where are you? And we're in some difficult situation. And God says, I'm there, you know, wherever you might be. Or we're running away from God. And um, God says, I know where you are. And it's not, I know where you are and I'm going to smack you down. But, but there's no way that you can escape me or from my love. Um, and it just starts, oh Lord, you've examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down, when I stand up, you know my every thought. Uh, when far away, you chart the path ahead of me and you tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment you know where I am. Uh, you know what I'm going to say even before I sit. And I was like, Lord, you knew I was going to say that stupid thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying God knows where I am. Uh, there's no place I can run from God. It's like, you know, with my phone, you know, my phone here. It has a GPS. My, my assistant sometimes, well, he'll meet me at the door before a service because we have to go back and forth for a service. And I'll say, how do you know that I am right? I'm at the door and he's at the door. Well, he tracks me. He knows where I am or I lose my phone. He knows where I am because there's some little tracker thing on it. I don't even know how it works. But... God has, you know, this tracker on us. There's no place we can go. And he goes on. I really encourage everybody to read Psalm 139 because he goes on and he talks about where you might be. He says, if, if, you are, um, if, if you are rebellious and you run away, that's just what he talks about at the beginning, I'm there. You can't run away from me. If you are facing death, it, he says... In verses uh, 7 through 10, you can look at that yourself. He says, I'm there. If you're way up in heaven, I'm there. If you're down the lowest pits, I'm there. Uh, If you're depressed, and I specifically want to look at this because a lot of Christians are depressed. Interrupt me if you want to. But a lot of Christians are, are depressed And I went through a time of that in my life, and Christians often don't want to talk about that, you know, like they're not good enough or something's wrong with them spiritually. But this is what David said. He says, Even there you will guide me, and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me. That's a depression. And the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, I can't hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are both alike to you."
4: And so what do you do when you're in a place in your life, maybe a difficult time, and you're not hearing from God or maybe you can't get in His Word because you're hurting so terribly. And and I bring this up because this is where your church comes in, the fellowship of your family. those are the people that will come alongside of you when you're in trouble, hurting. They're also the ones that get to celebrate with you in times of celebration. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget the time of being baptized in the Jordan River and you praying that prayer for mm-hmm. me um and Michael um, as we were ha- building a new relationship yeah. and it, it was a time of blessing for us and and um I get to I get to enjoy those things because of being a part of a a family a church that yeah. that you get to know and and how you get to know a small group of people in a large church is is by fellowshipping and serving. When you serve in a large church like we have, you get to know small groups of people. And those small groups of people hold you up. They're your family. They're closest to you when you need them. And you're there when they need you. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And I I know that you know friends will will keep turning you to the Word, and God speaks it to us uh, through His Word. A lot of people doubt at times, you know, where are you, God, when they're in hard times. they should remain, you know, in, in fellowship, hanging in there. Even in the midst of that, still there is, I think it's experientially, they're not feeling God around. And that's when, I don't mean to talk in cliches, but here it is. Uh, Never doubt in the darkness what God has shown you in the light. And just hang on to what you know about God. And I think Psalm 139 is one of those places where you really learn uh, what God is like, who he is like, how much he cares for you and loves you. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, this one particular uh, place. And I would want my, I I remember my kids are now grown up. Uh, They are all serving the Lord. They're all in ministry. Well, one just had a baby, so she stepped out of Uh, vocational ministry, and she's now, you know, in the greatest ministry of all. Um, But they all have served the Lord, and they all uh, have heard this, and I, I have a little illustration if you don't mind, because in verse 17, it says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They are innumerable. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand, and when I wake up in the morning, you are still with me. Um, there's a lot of grains of sand on the earth. So I really was taking this, I thought, you really think about me? You could say, oh, God thinks about you, okay, thank you. But no, how precious are your thoughts, and they're not bad thoughts, he's not like, you know, and and kids, high schoolers, everybody, moms and dads—we all need to know this, grandpa, grandmas—that God's thoughts towards us are not evil; they are good. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They are innumerable. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains uh, grains of the sand. So one time I was at the beach. Uh, do you remember these? These are what they used to put yes. film oh in. Yes. Film. <laughs> what was? Film. Yeah. I don't know. It was it was before I was born. No. So what I did was I I was at the beach and I put I put some sand. Actually, I put it in my hand. And this is from that beach. And I thought, okay, God. I was reading my Bible out there, and I said, I'm gonna, I'm just going to start reading. You know, it's easier here than in my hand it's not easy. <laughs> but if we were to start counting, you know, one, two, three, four, five, I mean, immediately, you see the impossibility. And that's what God wants us to see. You know, if I were to, you know, count the number of the grains of sand, so you guys all see that. Who wants, who wants to try that? Great experiment at home this summer. They would outnumber the grains of the sand. They're are at least 40 million trillion grains of sand on earth. 40 million trillion. Can you believe that number? I mean, it's astronomical. God's thoughts toward us. And God isn't saying, oh, I only have 40 million trillion thoughts. This is its speaking of infinity. And his thoughts, his good thoughts toward us are that, that big. I mean, if God just had this much, you know, good thoughts toward me, I'd be happy, right? So, it, you know, we'd all be happy. But instead, it's, it, they're innumerable. And he says, I wake up in the morning and you're still with me. I, I think he wants us to wake up with the, the thought, God, you love me. This morning, you love me. Yesterday is over. Today, I'm starting out with new mercies from, f- from you. And that just gets me. It's marked in my Bible. I don't want to forget it, and yet I do. You know, mm-hmm. that's why I carry my little. Good sand encouragement
3: with for all of us, and that's why we need to be in the Word. Amen. That's why we need to be in church, and we pray that you'll get active in a yes. church soon. Find a church home. Get active. Get in the Word and read the Psalms this summer.
4: And if you're already involved in a great church, continue be a part of that church, serve in that church, serving is that extra piece that um, grows, that helps you grow in Christ.